Hey, welcome. Glad you're here. So glad that you've tuned in for another episode of The Nonprofit Show. This is Friday, and I'm kind of singing already, but <laughs> really glad to have the, um, the support from Fundraising Academy because they underwrite our Ask and Answer episodes each and every Friday. So thank you so much to, to our exclusive sponsor there. And as we move into the show, of course, Julia's here, my good friend, CEO of the American Nonprofit Academy. I'm Jarrett Ransom, her nonprofit nerd, um, and just really glad to be here, CEO of the Raven Group. And uh, again, just thankful for our continued sponsorship from so many companies that have been here from the beginning. And those would be Bloomerang, your part-time controller, Fundraising Academy, Nonprofit Nerd, American Nonprofit Academy, Staffing Boutique, Nonprofit Thought Leader, as well as the Nonprofit Atlas. So if you have not checked out these companies, do yourself a favor, do your community a favor, do your clients and your mission a favor and check them out. Not right now, but ask after the Ask and Answer show. And if you've missed any of our episodes, you can find them on many of our streaming platforms, which include Roku, Fire TV, Vimeo, um, and what else did I miss there? YouTube. Give me a Fire TV, YouTube, YouTube. And, um, but wait, there's more. The Sham Wow. If you buy, if you buy four, you get one free. No, really we're on podcasts. So if you are a podcaster, like I am, I love to listen uh, to podcasts in the morning and the evening, and as well as I'm road tripping, go ahead and queue us up. You can listen to us on any of your podcast streaming channels. Just say the nonprofit show and voila. Julia and Jarrett are in your ears. I love it. I think that's fabulous. Really exciting. Um, you know, we've only been doing this a couple months. We've obviously been now, Jarrett, as you know, we're into year three of our um, nonprofit show. Yeah, but broadcast. Yeah, the broadcast. What's really interesting is um, Kevin Pace, our intrepid producer, just started doing this uh, on the podcasting piece. A couple of months ago, and we just wanted to test it and see what was going on. And and so far, the metrics are just like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, really getting a lot of folks listening to us. And so, you know, we want to say thank you because this is not anything that we thought would be a direction that would um, occur with the nonprofit show. We're so visual. We really have this broadcast mentality. And so this has been a lot of fun and we're very, very grateful. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, sister, are you ready? Because we've got some pretty heavy duty questions that have come in this week. I'm ready. Okay. All right. You know, I'm going to tell everybody again, Jarrett does not always see these. Well, for the most part, she never sees these (laughs) questions because they come in late. And so we're doing the show and then she's just seeing it. So always, I know you are in the hot seat. Okay. Name name withheld city withheld, you know, sister, I love these because you know, they're always juicy questions. I lead the marketing communications for a nonprofit cultural organization. I was thinking about taking my four person team on some field trips of sorts to other nonprofits to see their Marcom's teams doing things, marketing communications. Do you think this is a good or bad idea? I need to spark up my team a bit. Well, name withheld, city withheld. I think going on field trips to other cultural organizations 
I mean, you have to plan this. You have to plan to meet with a Mark Hart calm team, right? You can't just you do. You can't just show up. Um, I mean, of course, you can kind of do the generic benchmarking of what does their branding look like? What's the visualization? What's their placement? How you know what is that? But I would really, I always um, love transparency. I love direct conversation, and I would really reach out to them. To me, it would be an honor if someone reached out to me and said. I'd really love to meet with you, learn more about, you know, what you are putting as a priority in your Marcoms to to develop your mission, tell your story, and what you're doing in this creative uh, deviation space, right? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I say reach out to them. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Um, You know, really err from the whole side of collaboration, um, sharing of, of institutional knowledge to help the community. Right. I think the thing of it is, is that in the cultural space, organizations don't always play well together. And so you've got to be prepared to say, I'm going to tell you and show you what we are doing Mm -hmm. and what we have done so that you can be, um, you know, not just coming to say, we want your best ideas and then we're going to go, but that you can have a dialogue. And, you know, it might even be interesting to know what people are paying uh, you know, in terms of like, well, what is this media outlet ch- charging you and how much are you paying for this spot or, you know, that print campaign? Um, but I think this is a great idea. I always agree. I agree with you, Jarrett, sharing this knowledge, being transparent. But you need to understand that there's going to be some reluctancy on this. And so you've got to lead with what it is you're doing. So you made a comment that cultural organizations do not always work well together. Why is that? What are you seeing? You know, because what happens is that a lot of times the subscribe in the cultural space, um, generally they're called subscribers, meaning like season ticket holders, but they're subscribers. Yeah. So it might be like, okay, yeah, we've made purchases for this opera season or that ballet season or this symphony season or, you know, something of that nature. Um, And a lot of times there can be conflicting dates depending on the size of your community. Right. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's too hard to say, Oh, I was just at the ballet last night. I don't want to go to the symphony the next night. Right. So they do kind of, yeah, they compete for that space. Right. Uh, I mean, for that entertainment dollar. And we're not even talking about sports or, you know, other things that come in where there's a subscriber um, or season ticket kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times these folks don't play well together. And, you know, so it's a little dicey on on this. But um, you need to go back to kindergarten and learn how to share our toys. Our ballet slippers and our trombones. (laughs) Our violins, I should say. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Well, good luck. I hope that you do do this. I, I think it's a cool thing. I really do. Okay, let's go on to Dayton, Ohio. Name Withheld writes, how often should a nonprofit redefine their values? We have not done anything to amplify the DEI part of our service or leadership in the community. Wow, interesting question. I need some support in creating and creativity to address this to leadership. DEI is not strategic to our nonprofit mission. 
I would say it is, whether you know it or not. <laughs> I would say it is too. I think diversity, equity, inclusion, access is absolutely strategic to every mission. I agree. And one of the things we've talked about, Julia, is uh, representation on our board, right? And that in and of itself should be strategic to your mission. And, you know, interesting name withheld that this, this comes up when, you know, a couple of years ago, and, and we've been referring to the pandemics, plural, uh, really looking at social injustice, that we as a community, we as leaders need to do more than post a black box on our Instagram, make a statement. Like we really need to, I, I've been advocating, it has to be a line item in your budget. We really need to educate uh, not only our staff, but our volunteers. I actually often see and am hearing from leaders in my community that the staff isn't so much the problem. It's the volunteers. Oh, my gosh. Fascinating. That they're fascinating. Older. They're older. They're they're stuck in their ways. Um, you know, they're not in the 21st century with the vernacular and what has been, you know, appropriate and no longer appropriate. And so, really, you know, this goes beyond your board table and it goes beyond your payroll. It really goes into, you know, every facet, I believe, of your organization. So. Um, I would highly recommend that you use the opportunity to talk to other organizations in your community or peers that you are professionally connected with. Ask them what they are doing. Do some research on best practices and trends and just start dipping your toe in this so that you can, you know, go to leadership with um with, with data, with insight, with metrics and, and measurements, this is where I think we need to be to start. Ultimately, we can swing that needle far and wide, but we need to take some of these steps. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm really, really intrigued by that. And I've got to say, I've had blinders on about that myself. I, I think, oh my gosh, this is such a board-centric issue. This is such a staff-centric issue. Um fascinating to talk about it that way. And I really, really appreciate that. Hey, before we move on to the next question, we did get a, uh, somebody that asked us, when will the recording of this be available? Uh, we do this show every day. We we're closing in on 600 episodes and, um, our team gets this up on all of our, um, archive channels every day within just a matter of hours. So if you wanted to share this uh, with somebody, um, you can definitely have access to those files. Um, it could be that somebody asked a question that they want their, they want to share the answer. Of course. And, and what I like to say is stop binge watching these other episodes. Binge watch the nonprofit show. We're here. 600 episodes for your viewing pleasure. <laughs> It's true. Okay. Um, Sean Ursine. I never know how to pronounce this from Fort Worth, Texas. Sean Ursine, however you say your name. Is it appropriate to do a hybrid staff onboarding at this point? We have not had our staff on campus for almost two years, and I feel like we should reemphasize procedures and policies. Yeah, they've probably changed. At the same time, I want to be welcoming to our returning team members. Well, so when I read this, I think that um, 
onboarding is seen as like a punitive thing that somebody has to sit through. Interesting. Really interesting. I told you there were good questions today. You know, one of the things I noticed, we noticed at AFP Icon was really this whole etiquette of being back in person. What it's like to be with your peers, your professionals, your coworkers, your supervisors. And I really do think that a lot of the landscape has changed. I think setting the tone and, and reestablishing your core values, how the office should be um, working and communicating both on campus or, you know, in your office, as well as virtually, like what is the communication standards? What is our tone of voice? What's appropriate? What's not appropriate? Maybe even you have to reemphasize the dress code while you're in the office, right? Wow, Those bunny slippers are not to be at the office. Keep those bunny slippers and yoga pants at home, uh, perhaps, right? If, if that's your if that's your setting. So I've also really seen policies, Sean, change over this time. And so this is absolutely a great time to do a touch point with your current staff, but also new staff to really reemphasize and to update, you know, kind of like an annual policy update or a biannual policy update. So I think this is a great opportunity. Why not do it virtually as well as in person? That asynchronous is really it's available now. So do it. I like that you said that, Jarrett, because I think that you're right. Um Things have changed, but sometimes things haven't changed, but it's great to get a refresher. So yeah. I like that you kind of pulled that, those two pieces together. Well, one and- of the things I'm thinking is a lot of people now have that ability to work remote. And so setting the expectation, you know, that here is our team. These are all the individuals that are here to support our mission. You won't always see them on campus or in the office. You know, we all have a different navigating schedule, but this is how you can connect. A lot of people have gone to Slack, uh, you know, these online portals where you can message each other um, instantly, you know, Microsoft Teams, they have that as well. And so you really, really want to set the tone for what the culture in this asynchronous opportunity looks like. I love it. I think that's really wise. Um, this is a, the part of the show where I say, you are the nonprofit nerd. Get those you glasses, glasses. glasses. on. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I really, really appreciate what you said. And, and uh, I think that's something hopefully Sean or seen, however, however you say your name. <laughs> um, I hope that helps. Okay, let's talk to Evan from Phoenix, Arizona. Ooh, hi, long, Evan. I know this could be somebody we know. How long do you think a board member should serve be, before becoming board chair? We ask this because our current board chair is retiring and we don't have someone to take on the next role. We need to recruit, recruit new board members and are thinking specifically for a board chair. Is this a truly bad idea or not? Yeah. For me, it is. I, I think I'll go, I'll go ahead and go all in. First of all, board chairs need to know how to run a good meeting. And that's the thing, that they are operating a meeting. And if you don't have a good meeting structure, you're going to blow out the interest, time, and talents of your board members or even bringing recruiting new board members. So you've got to have a person that understands how to do this. 
and how to be an effective board chair. And that's not everybody, you know, that's, that's a tough thing. And a bad board chair can have a heart of gold and love the organization and the mission. But if they're not good at this type of leadership, I think it really imperils an organization. I also think that a board chair is a strategic leader. And if you don't, if you haven't been with the organization, that's going to be really tough, really tough. So, you know, you've got to bring somebody in, maybe do a quick cultivation, but I sure as heck wouldn't just bring them on and then have them be like, okay, here's the new leader. What do you say, Miss Jarrett? So I have mixed thoughts on this. Um, we talk often about how, you know, many civically engaged individuals serve on multiple boards. And so even though this person might be new to your board, Evan, they could have board service, leadership, strategic, you know, visionary experience on other boards. So you might want to consider that. I do also recognize that every board culture is different. So that should take, you know, your tone and tenor should be considered there. Um, But I also know the reality, Julia, that Succession planning within the board is not always peaches and cream, right? It's not always achievable. It's not always achievable. And while I do subscribe to having a board chair, a vice chair, and then the vice chair rolls into the board chair next year, and that's kind of your your feeding tube, if you will, that's the best case scenario. Does it happen all the time? No way it doesn't happen, right? And so that's something to consider. But I really think when you have an onboarding, if you onboard your board members properly, you show and model what it's like to be a board chair, a vice chair, and on any of those executive, you know, roles and positions, you really need to be working this, Evan, for all executive leadership roles, not just the board chair. So that's, you know, that's a bigger, that's a bigger, I don't know, task. But also a board liaison, Julia, can help with this, right? I'm surprised you didn't say that because that's one of your favorite things. And I've been thinking a lot about having a board liaison. And um, I really do think that he, she, or they can really work with the board to identify uh, what the board needs and how it can best be served by the board chair. So I have mixed thoughts. You know, I think you're right about, and yeah, shame on me for not like, you know, back up on my, my bandwagon, you know, to talk about the whole board liaison thing. Cause I, it's just such a critical piece to the success of any board. Uh, but I do, I do appreciate you bringing that up because I would say for me as a, a board member, if I had to, be, if I was called up in kind of a perilous situation and I knew that I had that support, and I had that, you know, person marching with me, it makes it a lot easier to say yes to these board leadership positions. Mm-hmm. And Jared, you and I know a lot of times people will say, yeah, I was made board chair because I didn't show up to that meeting and they voted me in. I mean, right? It's a yes. tough thing. Yes. You know? I, I was working with an organization and, um, you know, when I asked who the board chair is and they they shared... And then the board chair said, it's because I was taking a bite of my sandwich and I could not say no. And so the joke had been like, nobody eat, no food at any meetings. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's really true. And, you know, it's sad that um, 
that we have that. It's so sad that we have that, you know, um, sensibility that it's going to be tough and brutal and no one wants to do it. And it's um, an honor. It is an honor. honor. It's a big responsibility. Please don't take it lightly, you know, and um, it's a commitment. It's not for everyone. I'm in a season in my life right now. I actually don't even serve on boards unless they are related to my child and what he's involved in, but that's my season. And I know that I know how to run a darn good meeting, but I don't have the capacity or the bandwidth to do it. Right. And I think that that's why we get into these problems because it is a lot of work and there is a seasonality to what you can do, how you can participate, how you can fund, how you can support. I mean, it's not just the work that you're doing at that meeting during the meeting. It's all these other things. And and there is a competitive set for time and attention and again, resources. So yeah, it, it kind of narrows the pool. And then to your point, you know, there's a lot of need. We have 1.8 million nonprofits registered in this country. So guess what? If you just have an average of eight to 10, you know, board members, which is kind of low, um, that millions of people that are needed to serve our nonprofits in this, in this capacity. And so, yeah, it's a tough thing. To your point, Jarrett, this is why we need to be cultivating continuously. Well, the other thing too, I want to mention is, you know, and I mentioned this earlier in this answer is when one board member um, serves and is civically engaged, they're typically multiple engaged in multiple organizations. So I've also used that as a huge sales tactic and pipeline of mine, because if I can work and network with board members, that's typically a three, four prong sales pipeline, right? Because they serve on multiple boards. So trick of the trade there for all of you consultants. Um, But additionally, you need to review your bylaws. What if there is something that happens internally with the organization and it states that the board chair in absentee of the CEO takes over that CEO responsibility? Like look at your bylaws because that's really important to, to consider as you move towards succession, not only with your board, but with your internal leadership, because you really need to know do you have the bandwidth and, and ability to step in to your true fullest form as that as that title? Wow. Yeah, that that's a, that's an intense conversation and even thought to have. Yeah, um, because, if, you know, if you have a, a partner at home, if you have a, a partner at work, your children, like it's a commitment. Absolutely. It's a commitment. But we have a tremendous need for this leadership. Um, It is so worth it. It is character building, community building. It is, dare I say, business building. Um, It's a cool thing to do. And so I'm, I'm all about it. And I, and I really wave that flag. And we um, celebrate those that do, right? I mean, I don't want to Nancy, sorry for any of you named Nancy. Um, but you know, it's, it's an honor and it's a responsibility and it's, you know, we celebrate that. So here's, here's my fireworks. I love it. <laughs> fireworks, fireworks. Well, Hey sister, you always give me fireworks. Jared Ransom, nonprofit nerd, CEO of the Raven group. I'm Julia Patrick. CEO of the American Nonprofit Academy. Been delighted to have you all with us. And again, we want to thank all of our sponsors that are with us each and every day. Bloomerang, your part-time controller, American Nonprofit Academy, Nonprofit Nerd, Fundraising Academy, Staffing Boutique, 
nonprofit thought leader and the nonprofit atlas. These are the folks that march forward with us in promoting the sector that we are so passionate about and so dedicated towards. Hey, everybody, enjoy a restful weekend. Jarrett, thank you for supporting one of our viewers today as she is being um, awarded an, a prestigious honor for her community support. Super cool that, that you're going to do that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for all of you joining us, either live or recording. Um, again, all of our episodes, you can find them on um, the internet. You can also find them on podcast form. So please do queue them up if you're looking for something fun to do this weekend. We'll be back on Monday. We have quite a lineup for next week. We are booked out through August with August. some really phenomenal thought leaders around the globe. So we used to say that we are the, the nation's only live uh, nonprofit webcast, but really we're moving into international space. So we're really glad to do that. And of course, thankful to all of you, Julia, we always end our episode and I know uh, that it, it means more and more every day we see it, say it, and we see it being said, <laughs> but for all of you and ourselves, please stay well so we can all continue to do well. Thanks everyone. Have a great weekend, Julia.